Rockfish Gap is brought to you by the Northern Virginia Broadcasting Service. NVBS, unloading the truth since 1949. New episodes of Rockfish Gap every Wednesday. Go to www.rockfishgapshow.com for more information. Shenandoah National Park is a refuge of nature. 200,000 acres of protected land offer a haven for tens of thousands of living creatures. Search and rescue arrived just within the past hour. Park rangers are still working to recover their bodies in a remote and rugged area. Jeff? John, thanks. Scary story. The 80,000-acre facility and its most prominent attraction, Skyline Drive, are closed. Homicide detectives say they do suspect foul play. In the midst of the 2020 epidemic, four high school seniors disappeared near Rockfish Gap and Shenandoah National Park. All that was recovered were remnants of their tattered campsite and an old voice recorder. National parks are typically places of natural wonder, but when the sun begins to set, those long trails and sprawling forest whisper secrets from the shadows to those who dare listen. Reporting for NVBS, my name is Jessica Matthews. Over the following episodes, I will attempt to reconstruct what happened at the Gap using recovered recordings, interviews with locals, and historical documents. While the Park Service and FBI may have closed this case, thanks to the generous support of NVBS, I've uncovered leads they probably wish had stayed buried. Nevertheless, there are still countless holes in the story of paranoia, chaos, and unlikely coincidences. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Aaron Nielsen, Jesse Ferguson, Catherine Braden, or Talia Rosa, please call our tip line at 571-268-6846. As we publish this series, I would like to take a moment to thank all of those who've put their safety on the line to tell this story. And now, we return to Rockfish Gap. Cheryl Westover, Deputy Chief Ranger and Investigator on the Rockfish case. Any type of crime that occurs in an outdoor environment, your crime scene's probably 10 times larger than it would be in a residence. So the crime scene in and of itself is much harder to contain and process. You keep saying crime scene. Did the empty campsite at Rockfish that day you arrived strike you as a scene of a crime? Cheryl? It's hard to say. I mean, seniors in high school could have easily wandered off a site and gotten lost in the woods. It happens more than you'd like to believe. Not the most trustworthy age group, if you know what I'm saying. But there were some aspects that threw me off when we eventually sent it over to homicide. Like what? Well, the camp was in shambles. Not weak old rundown stuff. No, it seemed like someone had torn it to pieces. Tents strewn everywhere, clothes littering the campgrounds. Either the kids are trying to get out fast or someone's looking for something after they left. It's suspicious either way. So how come the search was called off so soon then? 
Well, we're understaffed. There are armed poachers out here. And there's a goddamn virus sweeping the nation. We did everything we could to find those kids, but the cards were stacked against us. By the time their parents called and we realized something was wrong, they could have been missing for weeks. I'm still trying to figure out if I should bring this hammock thing. It's only going to be a few days, but this is it. This is the day of the, the great adventure, a week in the woods or, or two. Uh, thanks to this virus thing, NPR won't shut up about. Uh, I thought it would be cool to record some of this trip, but I might give up if it's boring and predictable like my parents are hoping. The rule is we're sleeping in different tents. I mean, probably shouldn't complain. I don't know why they're even saying yes to this. Worried if I'm not in some remote forest, then I'll be getting sick or getting someone sick around here that matters. Um, anyways, in a couple hours, we'll be on the road. We've got to... Jack, would you shut up? We've got to... Shut up! We've got a campsite picked out. Um, yeah, a place called Rockfish Gap. I did some digging, and the place has a whole backstory, but more on, more on that later. i got to go. All right. You just heard the very first of 18-year-old senior Aaron Nielsen's recordings from the fated camping trip to the Shenandoahs. An aspiring journalist, Nielsen documented his trip until a suspected disappearance, along with his three companions. That tape recorder. Kids always seem to have that one keepsake that's so, I don't know, crucial to who they are. And that was his. I always thought... I always thought he'd go on to be a reporter for NPR or NVBS on long car rides. When he was little, he would put on local radio stations and listen, so touched by the stories and the mysteries behind the voices without faces. His favorite part was when we passed through different counties and he listened as the accents of the radio host turned into twang, the twang of the deeper south the farther along we went. He always loved that. Was he trying to document anything in particular at Rockfish Gap? I really have no clue. We were so focused on the virus and not getting sick. In the back of my mind, I just thought, well, I, I thought he wanted to get away for a while, and I couldn't blame him. It was awful here. We were, you know what they called it, social distancing. A neighbor's house was broken into down the street. If anything, I thought a short camping trip in the great outdoors with a good friend might actually keep him safer. I never thought he'd be in any other kind of danger. Do you think he was? Jessica, I've said this before. I don't believe for a second he got lost. It's not possible. A kid that bright with three friends? Something happened at that place. And if he stumbled on something, a kid like Aaron, he's like you. He wouldn't stop until he uncovered the truth. Aaron's recordings are one of the very few pieces of hard evidence from the Rockfish Gap case. As the investigation was handed to the FBI, many were classified. With the help of Aaron's mother and a few strategically placed FOIAs, we were able to secure most. What we found transformed a routine disappearance into something far more complicated. 
All right, no more distance learning. Let's go. We're mm -hmm. off to the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, dude, turn that stupid thing <laughs> off. Let's get driving, come on. Oh, we wanna remember this, that time we fled Fall Street City for the great outdoors in the midst of an international pandemic. In the midst of an international <laughs> pandemic. My parents are gonna kill us. They're gonna cancel this whole trip. Come on, seriously. <laughs> we mean, met my mom, <laughs> swear to God. Did she turn your phone tracker on or something? Oh, God, no. I turned that stupid thing off. And I told my parents the campsite was about an hour closer anyways. Well, you better hope her parents don't talk. Seriously, man. Oh my god, I can still see the red light blinking. Turn it off. Turn all right, it all right, off. all right, all right, all right. But we're gonna need this for when we find Nun's Mansion. Oh my god. Nun's Mansion? You know how crazy you sound, right? Like, I'm pretty sure if I went into your room right now, you'd have one of those boards with the red tape and the mic shots and the line. Let's just, let's just go get the girls. Here, I'm turning it off. I'm not sure if you caught that name. Nun. You probably haven't heard of Phileas Nunn, one of the last of the Gilded Age's long lineup of eccentric billionaires. Born and raised in the Shenandoahs, Nunn became a prominent investor, lawyer, and philanthropist, known for his fondness for architecture. He was a genius, but obsessive, and a couple of his buildings still stand as monuments to his, uh, how would I say, a strange way of thinking. Dr. Clyde Merrimack, curator of Swannanoa Mansion and vice president of the Heritage Society of Waynesboro. Gorgeous places, though, Swannanoa Palace. A great Italian villa dedicated to the wife he never had. A pristine castle with gorgeous aqueducts set right in the middle of cold country. And Harper House over in Sturzstrath. He was obsessive with more than just architecture, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially when it came to disease. None was a hypochondriac to the first degree. Jessica, he was known to fire employees just for sneezing or coughing in the office. He even hired a full medical staff just to stand by outside his office just in case he fell ill. A reporter for the News of Virginia christened him, the Howard Hughes of the South, and that was a paper he even once owned. For a man who likes to stay clean, it's ironic he made most of his money plundering coal from the mountaintops of Appalachia. A different way of life down here, Missy. He made his money, and how he made it, he never looked back. Sorry, that's the Northern Virginia in me talking. What happened to Nunn in 1915? That's what really sets him apart. In 1950, right as the Spanish flu began to ravage the world, he was spotted walking into the woods near Rockfish Gap, and he was never seen again. Have you heard the rumors about the White House of the Woods? I'm a historian, Jessica, not a conspiracy theorist. You should know better than to ask me about that stuff. Hold on a second. Is this about those kids? Doctor. Okay, we're done here. While Mary Mack refused to talk about the legend of the house, I eventually found someone who would. When we return... More on what Aaron and his friends were looking for and other disappearances at Rockfish Gap. Rockfish Gap is brought to you by the Northern Virginia Broadcasting Service. NVBS, unloading the truth since 1949. New episodes of Rockfish Gap every Wednesday. Go to www.rockfishgapshow.com for more information. To keep up with the latest Rockfish Gap news, follow at Rockfish Gap Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening to Rockfish Gap.